Muppets. I'm going back. Muppets. The only one I didn't see Rita. I didn't get to this one. Together again. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> It's the 30-something movie podcast with your host John, Jeff, Dennis, Pat, Bo, and Jason. Yay! In a world where some of the greatest motion pictures ever made are reaching their 30th anniversaries, one group of friends gather together to pay tribute to these films. Each month, they've sworn to tackle two to three, maybe even four, I don't know, whatever they feel like, movies, and remind us why we fell in love with them in the first place. This no longer sounds like Kermit the Frog, but what the heck? This year, we travel back in time to 1984 and 85. Hey, birdie, here's your murmur, podcast. And last up for our movies this month is Muppets Take a Manhattan from 1984. Uh, it came out July 13th, 1984, which feels like it was just yesterday. Uh, it probably was. Director Frank Oz, writers Tom Patchett, Jay Tarses, and Frank Oz. The budget was $8 million. The box office was $25.5 million. Uh, critics on Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 81%, whereas users gave it a 76%. Uh, the cast was Louis Zorich as Pete. Uh, Juliana Donald as Jenny, Lonnie Price as Ronnie Crawford, Jim Henson, Frank Oz, and then all of the cameos. Francis Bergen, Art Carney, James Coco, Daphne Coleman, Elliot Gould, Gregory Hines, John Landis, Brooke Shields, Liza Minnelli, Joan Rivers, and on and on. And my favorite odd Muppets Star Trek tie-in, who was the receptionist Mm -hmm. at... Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. I saw that too. Gates McFadden. There you go. Well, credited as Cheryl McFadden. Which yes. Is, apparently, she, in her early years, she would do Cheryl McFadden when she was choreographing a movie. Because I guess she choreographed, was it was it Labyrinth? I think Labyrinth and maybe Dark Crystal she did some choreography in, and she was listed as Cheryl McFadden. When she's acting, it's Gates McFadden. A little, little trivia. And as an aside, she doesn't look any older or younger, depending on what, it, just like Patrick Stewart. They're like the same age. Whether yeah. it's Professor X or Dune, he's the same age. She looked the same age as when she was like appearing in the Star Trek into the 90s. So, okay. They're robots. Yeah. Kermit and Gang graduate from college and wonder what's next. Instead of going their separate ways, they decide to try to make it big on Broadway with their Manhattan Melodies musical. New York. Times Square, Broadway, all the lights, all the spectacle, all the excitement. Thousands come every day dreaming of one thing, to make it to the top. Out of these thousands, one has a very special dream, and he's got something unique, something ordinary people don't have. And together with his friends, he's gonna take this town by storm. Uh, uh, taxi? Taxi? Weep. The Muppets Take Manhattan. Coming soon from TriStar. Ready, uh, ready, uh, ready, go. Odd bit of trivia, that grow, that $25.5 million gross was the second highest grossing G-rated film of 84 behind the reissue of Pinocchio. So the mouse has been beating everyone for a very long time. <laughs> He's good. There were rats in this movie. There were. Rat tattooey, in fact. Yeah. All right. Is it, was this the first time watching this for anybody? First time. First time? Okay. Tell us a little bit about it. 
you know, I really liked the Muppet movie, the first one, and I thought the the, the songs were better with that one, Rainbow Connection. Mm-hmm. I thought the songs here because that that'll be my question for everybody is where does this rank in your Muppet movies? So okay, and, and honestly, this is <coughs> only I've only seen two Muppet movies. I haven't okay. seen that. This is not my forte. Mm-hmm. You know? um, but uh, I just I just don't think the the, the songs uh, are as uh, catchy as as with uh, uh, the Muppet movies. So. Uh, it was enjoyable, you know. I liked it, uh, um, uh, but uh, I don't know. I think I was kind of in the same mood as, as Jeff was the uh, when he watched Amadeus. I watched this late at night as well, and I I, uh, I was trying to, to to get as many movies as I could in, and, and uh, this one was just a, a bad time, I guess, to watch it. So I had to split it up into two. So um, my. Uh, my first interaction with the Muppets actually is with Muppet Babies, you know, mm-hmm. the, the cartoon show, one of my favorites uh, uh, when I was growing up. And, and so when I saw that sequence in, in the the, yeah. the, uh, uh, the movie, I was like, wow, it's that they had Fozzie exactly, you know, with wearing the hat and, and Gonzo looks the same with his overalls with the, with the chicken. And, and uh, uh, it was later on when I found out that, that uh, uh, they came up with the, with the cartoon after that sequence. So. I'll go nice just because, I mean, I, are you asking that question later about which one's your favorite? No, you can, have, you can answer it whenever. The first one is always going to be my favorite. This one is, is, from what I remember, was good. I think the one that I didn't like as much was maybe the Muppet Caper. Okay. The one where they go to England with the, yeah, the baseball diamond. See, yeah. But see, I, I couldn't remember which was my second favorite. It's either this one or the Muppet Caper. It was like I couldn't remember which one was the, the third, so I'd have to watch these two currently. Now, which, which one did you see first? Of the ones you the like? Muppet. You Muppet movies. The Muppet movie, first. I saw them in order as kids. We saw okay. them. That's something we would, yeah, we had to go see. Um, I think it was probably, yeah, I was 13, 14 for the first one. For, for I, no, the first one was like 19... Much younger. This one, I'm like more like now eighth grade, like mm-hmm. probably eighth grade during this one coming out. And and, and, I, and I like that. Just like I said, the story of the first one, I, I, for some reason, I just liked better. Um, I did not get to see it currently, just time and everything else. And I was like, oh, I, I wanted, I kept putting it on it, but I was never in the mood to see it, and it just never happened. So and it was on Netflix, so I could see it, but we never we were going to try it. Sometimes I never. It's just I wanted to be in the mood to see it, and I wanted the kids to see it, so we wanted to see it all together, and it just never happened. Um, but yeah, I, I love the Muppets. I always like their movies. I just think this one's like, like I said, from what I remember, number two or three. It wasn't as. You know, love the cameos. I always love the cameos. Yeah, that was always a fun part of those movies. Growing up, I think this was the first Muppet movie I saw, um, just timing wise. Uh, it's not my favorite. I think the Muppet movie is my favorite, but uh, I think because this was the first one I ever saw, it, it definitely, when I saw it on the list, I got excited. I'm like, okay, that'll be a fun hour and a half. I can just sort of float away on memories. Um, and it was it was everything I remember. It's some of the classic Muppet moments for me are from this movie, even though I just said it's not my favorite. Like if you ask me classic Muppet moment, I, the attack of the killer fish is is yeah. one of those moments that I will always remember for whatever reason that is one of those things that sticks out in my head. My name is New Zealand. <laughs> I've seen this movie 97 times. Yeah. <laughs> God, corn is 3D. Ah, oh, the corn is popping in your face and 
3D. Yeah, but, but, but Chef, that's not how 3D works. And then there's always something funny about a about a Muppet pig just going nuts on somebody with a pipe. That's good stuff. Um, the, yeah, just going nuts. Hey, baby. <laughs> hello. Sweet thing. Sweet thing. I said hello. Yeah. And uncomfortable for all of us. <laughs> And then the purse scene with the with the purse snatcher and Piggy's purse contents going all over the place, and you start to wonder why a pig has those things in her purse. <laughs> and the well, human that's actually rollerblading, right? <laughs> and how he bounces off back. Uh, well, when when the guy runs up to get his rollerblades, and he starts, and she, they're arguing back and forth, and he's on Kermit's side, and he's on Piggy's side, and all that. And we you two time in her. <laughs> Can I just get my skates back, please? <laughs> you gave Jenny the huggies? <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep them. Friends do not spy. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> now, see, that chase scene through the park, hmm. for me, narrowly beats out the French Connection as the greatest chase scene ever. Oh, okay. <laughs> and Commando. <though>. And Commando. <laughs> Don't forget that. The weak part of this movie for me has always been some of the stuff surrounding Kermit's amnesia. I don't know. Amnesia scenes in movies just bug me in general. They always have. It's so contrived of a plot device that it, uh, I don't know. I like that part, though, when it goes into the, he's now with the advertising agency. Gil and Phil. 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 Do you like how his voice changes? Would you like, have you tried a social soap will get you clean? (laughs) You mean just say what it does? We've never Nobody's ever tried that. And then, of course, Piggy gets him out of the amnesia by kicking the crap out of him, which is apropos. So, Cancel the show! Yeah. <laughs> throws him against the wall. Exactly. Well, I this do, I do yeah. like how um, uh, when he's bringing up, like, why would a pig and a frog be in love? Because yeah. <laughs> those are probably things we've always wondered. Like, why would these two get, well, get together? And he was bringing that up. And he brings it up, and then he, he brings up, the sounds of love are in the air. So <laughs> are we? And I'm just like, I don't, like, this is something we all be joking about. And then be like, yeah. You know? Well, that's always been part of the Maybe you think I'd go hog wild. Yeah. Is, is the way that these movies were written is that the humor was, I mean, there was a level of humor for the kids I'll go see it, but there was so much humor in there for an adult audience in all of the movies. And that's just... Do a, you believe you know, in interspecies dating? I've dated a few rats before. Yeah. I mean, just, you know... Look, buddy, I don't take my clothes off for anyone, even if it is artistic. Janice, everybody, please. I just, I, I love how it, it it's smart. Yeah. It's the, the, the the movies were very smartly written under Henson. Um, and for me, Henson is, is one of my personal heroes. Uh, so I've, you know, I've always been a huge fan of the Muppets and it hurts to watch the Muppet movies that were made after he died. Because they were just lacking, and they were all adaptations of different stories. Their their, their originality wasn't really there. It just it didn't work, and and it made me sad to see the franchise suffer the way that it did. And it really wasn't until Jason Segel came along and yeah. was, was that like the reboot with yeah. the yeah. 
Yeah, and that just kind of revitalized the the history and and what Henson was after when when he was trying to work with work with the organization and and giving the world these characters and just putting the heart back into it. Um, I enjoy Muppet Steak Manhattan though. I think it's a lot of fun, and maybe it's because I do theater. You know that part appeals to me as well. Um, like Jason, I I you know the I grew up watching Muppet Babies Saturday morning, so you know it was neat to see that correlation between the movie and then how the movie spawned the uh, the cartoon series. In terms of rankability, I think the original is still could be my favorite. Always will be my favorite. Um, there's a great. It was a made-for-TV movie, uh, Muppet Family Christmas, that ranks really high for me and my family. It's a tradition in my family. We all watch that one on Thanksgiving night. Um, And again, you know, it's... Is that the one where they go to Fozzie's mom's house? Yeah. Yeah. The farmhouse, yeah. Um, And not that I have a problem with any of the movies, but, you know, like I said, until Henson passed away and the efforts made after that were just lacking something heart or a smartness or, or something i you know i it's funny that you guys um everything that you bring up brings true i mean the the grew up watching the muppet babies and always thought that correlation um was pretty cool between the dream sequence or you know when they're in the nursery i remember seeing the muppet movie the 79 one but i can't tell i couldn't tell you what it was about i couldn't tell you anything about it this one, before I even hit, you know, play on the thing, I think I could probably quote and say every scene from this this one. Um, I remember growing up loving this movie, all the jokes, all the humor, all the scenes, and I really, really love this movie. I, I remember liking the Muppet movie, but I just never saw it. We also, we watched the original Muppet show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't like, mm-hmm. and that's, like, I think my family, we probably watched that more than the movies, and that's why the Muppet movie, I think maybe when it came on, you know, Fox 32, we, we would watch it. This one was maybe the first one we went out and saw in the theater. I mean, I was six at the time, so that, and, and that was the one we saw. All the subsequent, like, I don't, I couldn't tell you, I mean, I know there were Muppet movies. I don't remember watching them at all. Like, they're all one big blank, and I love the Muppets, but I think we would watch the show, the Muppet Baby, uh, Muppet cartoon, what's the, Muppet Babies? Muppet Babies, yeah. But this one we would just get and watch over and over until the most recent where they kind of rebooted it. Um, but yeah, and so I, I you know, I, I wish I could say something other than it was a six-year-old. Uh, the, my six-year-old mindset is just like, I just really love watching this movie, and this is the one I clearly remember. I like the end uh, where they're all together. They have the Sesame Street characters. Uh-huh. I mean, that's, and that's, I kind of... Are they here yet? Are they here yet? Did I miss it? Am I late? No, they'll be here any minute. Oh boy, me can hardly wait. Where you said you don't like amnesia sequences in movies, I like things in movies where everybody's together at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the thing I liked the most about The Return of the Jedi in terms of Star Wars movies is that they're all in one area fighting. It was the thing I struggled the most with in the Harry Potter movie adaptations is at the end it was just him and Voldemort by themselves, not him and Voldemort in the Great Hall with everyone around. I just mm-hmm. like that that thing where, you know... It all comes together. It all kind of... Yeah, they show all the characters. Um... And I saw a special on Jim Henson, and it was they were talking about how he did the Muppets, and it was funny, you know, he talked about how he would get the different characterization in there, and he started with just, I don't want to say a sock, but just a 
light Muppet, and then he'd put eyes on it, and then it would be this kind of thing, and then he'd change it, uh, and it have a different kind of I'm miming things. He'd put some eyes on it, and it would look like an animal. He'd put in different facial features, and it looked like an alien. And just through that and the voice, it was completely different characters. And in this movie, watching it again, uh, it was I was just amazed with how they could get so much, they could emote so much with a look when... That's a that's a puppet or a muppet. It's 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 not even like not even where they'd like take their hand and make Kermit like kind of grumble to himself or something. It would just be like Miss Piggy throwing a look. Well, no, she's not throwing a look. It's just a. But somehow I don't know how they could these Jim Henson and Frank Oz these guys could get emotions out of these. It was believable. You believe yeah. that they were real beings with real emotions and real personalities. Right. And, and just, I mean, just the thing, I, I, I like Miss Piggy a lot. I mean, like watching, you know, the thing when, she's, when she winds up and she's ready to, like, pound on something or, you know, and just beat the snot out of somebody. Kind of reminds me a lot of my daughter. Only two, but, I mean, Daniela will kind of wind up, oh, she's having a Miss Piggy moment, and then suddenly she's punching and kicking, and, you know, I, I just, yeah. It's so, you know, I'm, I'm still stuck in the six, six-year-old mindset with it. But. Usually, usually my sister really connects with Miss Piggy like that's her favorite character but this time watching it I watched it again just this morning and there was a line that I have always missed that I just saw today and I thought I am perfectly in sync with Miss Piggy it's when uh, Jenny and Kermit are in the park and Piggy's spying on them and Jenny's like come on little exercise will help you out and they, they start jogging as Miss Piggy goes Oh Lord, not jogging! <laughs> and I'm like, thank you. I yeah, totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> just <sighs> give me a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was that was funny. I mean, the Swedish Chef just <laughs> you know that guy's going and I. Yeah, it's just. Um, I do. I do every single time that we watch a movie at home and I pop popcorn. Yeah. I will stand next to the microwave and start going, "Ooh, the corn is popping in your face in the 3D!" And both of the kids are standing in the kitchen going. Dad, yeah. what's wrong? <laughs> you know, at, at, at the risk of going long with it, that was the other thing. It just, when you said that, made me think of it. Um, in the special on Jim Henson, they said Jim Henson never had a problem beating up the Muppets. He had never had a problem doing slapstick with them, but where yeah. he'd treat them, oh, you got to be careful. And that hit video, this movie, that, you know, Kermit gets karate chopped by Miss Piggy, <laughs> you know, Gonzo gets thrown this way, you know, like, okay, the, you know, everyone... Wasn't there the... Something or the chicken gets it. The chicken gets it. <laughs> like that's a threat. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And he they, grabs they, Gonzo's nose. He's got the chicken in there. Yeah, and they, so he never. Bad man, they, bad man. Yeah, they never, they never had a problem beating up the Muppets. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and that brings up, I mean, Doctor Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. What a yeah. great name for a man. An animal chasing the girl out of the tree. Woman, woman, woman. I've always wanted to do uh-huh. that, like at a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just chasing a girl, yelling. I mean, it's just, it's just awesome stuff. Which this, when still have time. I still have time. <laughs> when um, the day of the day of our wedding, my sister had put some different songs on a CD for me, and she gave it to me. And she said, "When you get in the car and you're on your way driving to the church, um, I need you to to play this song." And I think I played it like earlier in the morning because I think you drove me. Yeah, um, probably. Yeah. And she gave me the CD, and the first song on the CD was "Somebody's Getting Married." <laughs> we played that before we went off to the church. Um, well, we're going to wrap it up here in just a minute. But what are your? Let's go around. What are your? Do you have a favorite scene? Do you have a favorite quote from this one? Because again, Muppets are always pretty quotable. Um, 
I have several, but I'll, I'll narrow it down to just one or two. Um, mine, a lot of them are just some of the lines from Pete or from the uh, the rats when they're in. Well, I, I could pick anything, but, um, you know, his whole sometimes when I try to explain something, it ends up coming out like Pete trying to explain something. <laughs> so my sister, whenever she and I are talking sometime, I just and she's like, I'm so frustrated about this and this and this. And I said, hey, I tell you what is is people's. It's big city. Live, work, but not city only. Only peoples. Peoples is peoples. No, it's buildings. It's tomatoes. It's peoples. It's dancing. It's music. It's potatoes. So, peoples is peoples. Okay? <laughs> and it's, it's, it's like, that really, that really didn't help at all. <laughs> there's, there's that one, and then there's the... Uh, it's just a really simple one, but he's he's yelling out the window, uh, and, and Rizzo's like, "What's this supposed to be?" He's like, "Grits, grits. How many grits? How should I know how many? Count them yourself." <laughs> uh, for me, I I like the cameo by Gregory Hines as the jogger in the park, and the the back and forth. Uh, I think we already mm-hmm. mentioned when Kermit and Piggy are arguing, and he's just going back and forth and siding with one, and siding with the other, and eventually he's like, "You know what?" I like running anyway. <laughs> like, and he just takes off. Keep the skates. I just like running in tight shorts. <laughs> and he just and he just bolts. I you know, I think I love all the cameos. Yeah. The the, the, the they're not stupid. They're not you know I mean cameos. Well that's cameos, and that's been the one thing itself, the Muppets but, have always done well is to do the cameos. But you know, the cam yeah. all the cameos just seem to work. You know, Joan yeah. Rivers as the the makeup counter lady. Mm-hmm. You know, that's another great one right there. Um Do you wear rouge? <laughs> you know, Dabney Coleman is the as the sleazy uh, uh, Broadway executive yeah. producer. You know, just I, don't, I I I think that the cameos just always work, and I I love that he you know Henson found a way just to get to the heart of people to you know to make those cameos work. Clearly, you know, he got people that wanted to you know adults that wanted to be a part of these things. You know, he he knew what he was doing. Um, I want to share a quote that Henson used to live by. Which it, it's not an original quote by him, but it's, uh, we don't inherit the earth from our parents, we borrow it from our children. And I think that's just so evident in everything that he did and everything he worked on and, and, and finding the childlike magic and imagination and, and believing in the, the unbelievable, which just you know clearly gets portrayed in uh, in all of his movies, including Dark Crystal and including Labyrinth, is you know just he believed in it, and, and you can't help but believe in it as well. You know, that's that's my big takeaway from the Muppet movies is is how real they are and, and how easily, whether I was a kid watching or an adult watching, how easily I can still connect with with the movies. It just doesn't go away. I think I in my little time that I think I quoted about half the movie about all the favorite scenes and it, it was it, it, that summed it up this six year old childlike wonder just comes zooming back the, the two scenes that stuck out um, in my mind this time seeing it is when they're at the very end and they all get back together but they can't find Kermit and Pete or no the, the guy that's producing the thing says look this is what we need to do and da 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 Fozzie says who's he or Ralph says there's something and then the girl says oh well this is the producer that's da 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 and Fozzie's like well, who's she? And it's just like, it's such a predictable scene, but it's just like, wow, I never know that's, you know, that and when Rolf is working at the, uh, 
the thing and the guy the comes kennel. in. Yeah. The kennel and the guy comes in and he's just so condescending and Ralph just sits there and it's the sarcasm that they put through. And again, it's this, how can this little, this puppet or muppet or whatever, you know, can, can bring forth all this, can emote so much? But he's sitting there he's like, and he likes to read the Wall Street Journal, not the Washington Post. Don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And Snookums prefers the rubber Wall Street Journal yes, to well, the rubber we'll, Washington Post. <laughs> well, we'll take care of her. It's a heat. Oh, it's a heat. We'll take care of heat. Don't worry. You know, it's just... Listening to that, those two scenes stuck out a little bit more this right. time when I saw it. In that part, I love that where he sees in his face, he's like, and little Snooky Wookums won't have his daddy for the scrubby wubby. Yeah. And Ralph goes, You speak Chinese like a native. That's right, that's right. I forgot about that. That's right. And again, you know, and that, that goes back to just how clever. The, yeah. the movies were and how clever the, these one-liners were that well, clearly not made for kids. They're made for the adults just as much as, as you know, they're supposed to appeal to just kids. Yeah. Although, I mean, growing up with, you know, my grandparents and, and my dad's and people, people would talk about vaudeville. And they would talk about, and then we grew up on, you know, like all the classic comedy duos. You had the Abbey Costelli, the Laurel and Hardy, the Marx Brothers, and they were all those little one-liners. Mm-hmm. You know, buy a duck. You know, buy another fish. <laughs> you know, and it, and it would, all the little things that would be in there, and, it, and they borrowed that humor, that style, to the show. And it started from the Muppet Show, because it was kind of like this show that was put on every weekend. It was like characters coming in. It was kind of like they did their little acts. It was like literally a vaudeville show, the Muppet Show. And and that was always what the humor that they used. So it was those little quick one-liners and those little setups and the play on words and different things that were so genius. So yeah, I mean that's like yeah, I was thinking that I think it's in this because yeah, it's the one with the amnesia where he um, he's checking his le- he's bending his legs there and he's like oh yep it's it's amnesia you know it had nothing to do with like how that comes out and it's like that's a Marx Brothers type of yeah. thing where they would do something like that you know. This here is a something. Uh, sanity clause. Yeah, you can't fool me. There's no such thing as a sanity clause. clause. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just that old contract. But like, those are bits that that was the Muppet Show. We found you. We found you with no identification and wearing no clothes. So I did some research on nudist colonies in the area. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I found that you are Mr. Enrico Tortellini of. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's very much yeah. that style of humor. And growing up on that, that's why I love the show, and that's why I love the. For me, when I pick cards and have to rank them, it's based on plot. There's always great one-liners and great mm-hmm. funny bits in all of them, but my only thing of all, I, you know, I like this one more than the other, had to always do with the plot. I think the first one I missed the most hard for me. Making a movie, make, you know, going out. <laughs> and then they're all together at the end of that theater. Yeah. It's also more of a villain in, in yeah. the yeah. first one. Sorry. Yeah. Did they have an all-together Doc Hopper. in the first one? Oh, very end. Yeah. I, I just have to. I just don't remember. I'll have to they go do. back and watch that. Yeah. Oh, it's it's We're worth watching. The cool. Rewatch, I should say. Rewatch. Jason, anything stand out to you? Any particular quote scene? Or anything? You know what? Um, this is my first time watching it, so I don't know the quotes quite as well. Um, I I'm a huge Fozzie Bear fan. Like when I was growing up, he was always yeah. my favorite character. Yeah. Um, I thought like he was more prominent in first one than this one mm-hmm. and, and even even in the Muppet Babies uh, cartoons I was always you know into Fozzie then too and so he was a little bit marginalized on this one although I thought it was funny when he was in Maine and, and he's trying to hibernate and, you know <laughs> so, uh, we're going to New York <laughs> I didn't know this game was co-ed <laughs> but that is one of the criticisms of the movie that you'll find is that it 
is so Kermit and Piggy heavy. Yeah. There's definitely one. A lot of the yeah. a lot of the secondary characters are you know they all go away for half the movie they're all doing other jobs so they're not part of the but it's it's almost you know by the time this movie was made the Muppets as a whole just became sort of a troop of actors right. you know when, when you look at something like that it, it's it's where you're going to use the same cast and this time this person's going to play this role and this person's going to play you know like American Horror Story does is they mm-hmm. keep the relatively yeah. the same cast. Entirely different story every time, and, and they plug the same people in. It's the same thing, you know, with, with the way the Muppet movies were going, is that they went from, you know, the TV show to they had the first movie, and then they just sort of became this entity that these characters would just plug in, which then they started doing those adaptations, which a lot of them just didn't work. Um, because Muppet Treasure Island. You know, they, they, they lost the heart, they lost the cleverness, and they just tried to treat them just as a troop that can be dropped in anywhere. Was this the first time that the Muppets and Sesame Street game were together? Like, you, like I, I can just imagine if this is the first time it would just, like, blow some kid's mind. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh my gosh, Big Bird, Bert and Ernie, well, Cookie Monster, they're all together with it's, the Muppets. It's, it's one of the things... raising yeah. his hand right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's one of the things that I love about that Muppet Family Christmas yeah. One is that, you know, halfway through the episode, all of a sudden the Sesame Street gang is caroling at the door. So then you have everybody in this farmhouse singing Christmas carols together. And just Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> because when I was growing up, I didn't watch Muppets as much as you guys did. I was a Sesame Street guy. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I was born in Taiwan, moved to the U.S. And, and I always tell people Sesame Street taught me how to speak English. Like, I, I did not know English until... <laughs> Surprised they don't sound like Cookie Monster anymore. Then. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I so I really love Sesame Street, and so when I saw them, I was like, "Yeah, that's awesome." They're here, you know. Well, no conversation about a Muppet movie would be complete without a Stadler and Waldorf quote. Oh yeah, because they as this won't shock anyone in the room, but they are my favorite Muppets because <laughs> they are just as dry as as they need to be. Well, Waldorf, they finally made it to Broadway. Yeah, I already bought tickets. Are they good seats? Sure are. They're on the next train out of town. (laughs) (laughs) Those two guys crack me up. Always have. The Muppet Show. Because in the movies, they just show up. Like, they're not part of anything. They're just there. Hand over the cutaway. There they are. They say they're big. Yeah, they're just (laughs) random. Same thing with uh, Sam the Eagle. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like yes. he always just pops up, drops some sort of one-liner, and then just disappears. And he's gone. You are all a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's it. My favorite, and I don't remember where it's from. It may just be from online somewhere. But my favorite Statler and Waldorf is they start off and they're like, "Well, that wasn't too bad. No, actually, it wasn't very good. Well, it was pretty awful. Yeah, it was bad. I hated it. Horrible. Boo, boo." <laughs> <laughs> That's all comedy duos. Two of them right there. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that's what people won't be saying about our podcast. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, and like, if they do, it's like what, we won't know. <laughs> yeah. The comments. Boo. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. It was like Dennis and I on trivia night. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's going to be it for this time. We're doing the last uh, podcast. Whatever podcast you listened to before this, as long as it wasn't one of our other ones. 
You were still booing them when it got to us. We apologize for them. Thank you once again for joining us for the 30-something movie podcast. Once again, we had we had to make a little bit of a change on where our podcast episodes were hosted, so we are now over at Podbean. So if you want to find us there, we do no we no longer use the WordPress site. So we are at the thirty podcast We are also on Twitter at thirty podcast. We are on Facebook facebook.com slash thirty podcast. I'm also going to be setting up a Google Voice phone number. Um, at some point soon so that if you have any feedback or anything you'd like to throw into the conversation we're going to have a phone line set up so that you can call in leave a message and we may feature that on the show we'd love to feature some of your feedback or some of your questions on the show so feel free to um, put some of that in there for us there's also a feature through podbean if you go check out our uh, website there and check out our podcast at the30podcast.podbean.com if you like what you're hearing and you feel it deep down into your heart that you would like to uh, help us out on the show. Um, you know, we don't. it doesn't cost a lot to put the show together, but there is a little bit of a cost. So if you feel like you'd like to help out the show and, um, you know, maybe uh, just throw a little bit our way here or there, um, you can do that through, there's going to be very shortly set up a um, kind of a crowdfunding uh, feature on Podbean. We'd love to have your support, and thank you so much for listening. Um, we have checked out our stats on the podcast, and we noticed that there are people from across the world that are listening to this podcast. So thank you so much for being with us, and come back next month. We're going to be taking a look at, over the course of the next four weeks, um, we are going to be looking at Never Ending Story from 1984, Return to Oz from 1985, the original Red Dawn from 1984. We may throw in some new Red Dawn conversation there. And the Disney classic, I don't know if you can call it that, but the Disney classic, The Black Cauldron from 1985. So please join us back again soon for our next episodes. Take a look for those in your iTunes feed or through the Podbean website as well. Until then, keep moving right along. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It though. could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo.